welcome the man it's all occurred to, time traveller Sam Beckett from Quantum Leap, inside the body of Richard Herring. Oh yes, hello. Thank you. Thanks for all coming. Thanks for coming. It's lovely to see you all. Lovely to be here. Welcome to the show that all the king's horses, but only five of the king's men, are calling AI Ottoma. And if you were listening last time, you'll know that at the end of show seven, Sam Beckett from Quantum Leap had leapt into my body to attempt to prevent me from killing myself. Sam, it's, it's me, Al. We've made it to the eighth show. I, I can't understand why you haven't jumped yet. Ziggy says, boop, 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 boop. He doesn't have a fucking clue either. Well, that's, that is unusual to see him using that language. Uh, I just don't know what's going on here. Save but... your breath, Dean Stockwell. Sam isn't here. He's not in here anymore. He isn't? Well, in a manner of speaking, he is. Scott Bakula is still deep inside me. <laughs> Grow up. Be like me and be mature. But, but he is dead. Dead? But Ziggy says... Beep, 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 Shut up, there is no Ziggy. That's just you going... Beep, 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 beep. So you're quite good at that. It's yeah. quite hard. Uh, <laughs> Sam Beckett's soul committed suicide last Tuesday, overwhelmed by the idea that he had to write up to an hour's worth of new material about what had happened to him this week and then record it live at the Leicester Square Theatre in front of an audience that would make a sci-fi convention crowd look normal and well-adjusted. <laughs> and then put it out on the internet completely unedited so every fuck-up and failed joke was preserved for all time. So I had to do it myself as usual. Now, But now, encumbered with the dead soul of Scott Bakula rattling around inside me, which is an annoyance. Listen to this. Yeah, that's me. That's me spinning my stomach around. Getting up some speed there. You should be able to hear Scott Sam Beckett's decay. There it is, that's his decaying psychic being clanking around there, it's against my ribs. They're surprisingly metallic, aren't they, dead souls? They're kind of time travellers, that's what they sound like. It's, uh, there, he's gone now. You should be, imp- that's an impressive sound effect. That was, it was hard to source, the dead soul of Scott Bakula rattling around inside a fat man's swithering stomach. That's not easy to get. If it had been the dead soul of Scott Bio in a fat man's swithering stomach, that's a different story. There's hundreds of those on the internet, but took me all week just to find that sound effect. Oh, oh dear, this is, this is awful. Sam's dead soul is trapped inside you. C- can you, I don't know, can you just poo him out or something? No, I cannot, Dean Stockwell. It's the metaphysical representation of a respected actor playing a character from an increasingly mawkish sci-fi series. Not a piece of faecal matter. You can't just poo out a sacred soul. The dead soul of Scott Bakula will be with me for the rest of my life. A bit like when those people find the fetus of their unborn twin kind of ingested into their own body. It's similar. Anyway, a fat lot of help you two turned out to be with the script. But what will become of me? You don't have to worry. Give me Ziggy a minute. There you go. Beep, boop, 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 boop. Once, <laughs> apparently, Ziggy says, once Quantum Leap grinds itself into the ground, you get to be in Battlestar Galactica, <laughs> which is a much cooler show, I have to say. And kudos to you for managing to get an oh boy in when your fucking Saul Ties misses. That was very impressive. <laughs> yeah. That was funny, yeah, yeah. I tried to get a beep, boop, boop, boop in too, but, uh, you know, they cut it out. Uh, they also uh, cut out when I said, Ziggy says there's a 90% chance I'll come on your tits. <laughs> Good. Well, that has used up some time. (laughs) 
here's some things that have occurred to me this week. Monday. Uh, last weekend, I was back in Cheddar performing the last ever show of uh, The Headmaster's Son, which was sort of set in the school. I performed it at the school. And there's a part of that show where I talk about my biology teacher. And me and my friends when we were at school. We kind of, she was a very nice teacher. And she was a very good teacher, but she was a bit meek and mild and you could take the piss. And we, we really did. Uh, every time in the lessons when she said the word mitosis, which she had to say quite a lot, she was a biology teacher, we'd say, you're what? Just every single time. Uh, every time said by some mitosis or meiosis, whichever the other one is, uh, we'd say, you're what? It's the same joke, but it's still good. Uh, every time said hormone, we'd say, don't pay her. It was that kind of thing. And I, was, I felt kind of guilty about this. And in the show, I apologised. But it was only until later, my, my nephew, who's uh, 16 years younger than me, reminded me that once he'd gone through the school system some good time after me, he'd also got into Miss Button's class. And I apparently, I'd forgotten this, but I told him to say, every time said mitosis... <laughs> To say so, like a decade and a half later, she must have just been recovering <laughs> from the terrible things that had done that I'd done to her mental health, and then another child comes through. It's this echo through time. So I'd just like to apologise if you're listening, Miss Button. And let's face it, she won't be listening to this. <laughs> but I'd just like to say sorry for bullying you through time. Next Friday, <laughs> I went to see uh, Jim Carrey's A Christmas Carol in 3D at the IMAX. I've seen a lot of films based on this slightly smug and sanctimonious story. My favourite is The Muppet Christmas Carol. That is unbeatable. I think most of Dickens' stories would be improved by the addition of a few Muppets. I think that is... Uh... <laughs> but it's a rule of thumb that any version of A Christmas Carol, Carol that leaves you hoping that Tiny Tim will die is not a good one. Uh... <laughs> In the Jim Carrey one, I not only thought that, I was actually hopeful that as Scrooge was carrying Tiny Tim shoulder high at the end of the film, he would then throw the tiny crippled boy to the floor and stamp on his head, shouting, I was only pretending to love Christmas so I could ensure your death definitely happened. And Tiny, Bra tiny Tim's brains could have flown out towards the audience in 3D. It would have been, that would have been a better end to that film for me. Friday. I was disappointed also that uh, when they gave us the special 3D glasses as we went into the cinema, they, they took them off us straight away as, as we left as well, so we got no time having them outside of the cinema. I was wondering if this, because the glasses aren't actually 3D glasses at all, but actually plus 1D glasses, and we'll just add another dimension on top of whatever you happen to be looking at. <laughs> So when you're looking at a t 2D screen, they add one dimension to make it 3D, but if you take them out into the real world, then you get a plus one on top of three dimensions. Uh, you, can, you can see the fourth dimension, uh, be able to see the workings of time, presumably everything that's ever happened in the place that you're standing. It'd been good. I was hoping that would happen. No wonder the staff are so keen to get those glasses off you at the end. I am not mental. <laughs> Please welcome the cast of AI Ottima. Who act as minus one? Who act as minus one D spectacles, taking away a dimension from all objects and sucking the joy out of life like a black hole that eats fun? It's Dan Tetzel, TV's Emma Kennedy, and on the guitar, Christian Riley. Hello. 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 Now it's, uh, t it should be. TV Stan Tetzel, because of course yes, you're on yes. Miranda this week. Apparently, yes, I, I was, don't watch it myself. I was a naval officer. Then. Apparently, children like it. So yeah. Um, yeah. you get paid. What, <laughs> what's uh, what's occurred to you this week, Dan? Uh, this week, I on Sunday, I offered my child up to the Church of Rome. Uh, That's a dangerous my, thing. To yeah, do. Again, I know. Yeah, against <laughs> my better. Uh, my uh, my partner is uh, a Catholic. Uh, mm. uh, I'm not. I, but then I thought, you know, it would be churlish of me to deny her this sop. Uh, to her feelings, um, just because I could. You know, I'm not Robin Ince. I'm not hardline about it. Um, 
So, I, yeah, I said, yeah, we'll have a christening as long as I don't have to do anything. Uh, so we had a christening. I didn't do anything, really. Though I did, uh, after the, the, church, the perfectly nice vicar, Barry, Father Barry, I don't know, I'm not a Catholic, as I say, came round and he, um, he dipped some oil on her head or something, you know, chicken blood or some voodoo. I don't know, you know, it's, or the Pope was there. I don't really understand it, you know, and then there's a, there's a it's like a bit like um, Temple of Doom. I don't know if you've seen that, the bit where the, rom, rom, it's a bit like that. Um, I, and I whispered in my little baby Amy's ear, I said, and that's the last time a priest touches you. <laughs> it made me laugh a lot. Uh, and then I did, uh, for the reception afterwards, I put together a playlist of uh, sarcastic anti-Christian songs. <laughs> really, really, very childish, and don't clap, it's really pathetic. <laughs> but, uh, what a wa- so wonderful... How come we weren't the godparents of yeah. that? What's I, happened? I don't actually recall even being invited, do no, you, no, Richard? No, we're not no. really that close. Are how we? much would it... Um, I see you once a week. How much would I have to pay to buy your daughter's hand in marriage for 16 years in the future right well, well how much would you be willing to take for that I, it has crossed my mind yeah. making banning her ever going to the Edinburgh <laughs> Festival as a student because <laughs> you know you'll still be active uh, <laughs> but uh, all I can do is hope to bring her up with enough self esteem <laughs> to, to fall outside your remit um, you could make some good money what's happened to you uh Christy, Christy, you. Uh, uh, I've uh, finished a uh, humorous song. Can I play it? Yes, you can play okay. a song. <laughs> hey, Joe. I said, where you going with that gun in your hand? I'm going down to shoot my old lady. You know I caught her messing around with another... What the fuck is that in your hand? Is that a notebook? What are you doing with a notebook? Hey, Joe, I'm writing everything you say down. I'm going to turn it into a song and sing it later. Hey, I just told you I'm going to kill my wife and you're putting in a note. Shouldn't you be trying to talk me out of it? No, you should kill her. This is going to be great publicity for the song. Jesus, you're an evil piece of shit. You know, I mean, you stop to think that, like, you know, maybe my wife shows up shot to bits and, like, you know, in a, this song's going to be tantamount to a confession, really, isn't it? It's going to put a strain on our relationship. Can you do me a favor? Yeah, well, just ask him. How about, um, you know, when you sing the song, you know, just change my name and the murder weapon. Sounds good to me, OJ. Yeah. It's topical. It's topical. Christian Riley there. That's what's happened to him this week. <coughs> Has anything to... Is there anything occurred to you, Emma, this week? Yeah, have you written a song about it? No, That's I, what haven't, I, want to I, haven't, know. I haven't written a song. I'm not interested if it's not no. in song form. It's not in song no, form. No, I'm not this interested week. anymore. <laughs> What's happened? I've, I've had quite a busy week. I, had, like, I did a photo shoot, had a, had a film star in my bed uh, this week. But, but I had uh, the, the best thing that happened to me was a rather embarrassing incident. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if you, if you have a, a postman who comes very early in the morning. Are, is, are any of you lucky enough? to have that experience still. Well, mine, mine comes sort of a, a slightly ungodly hour. And, um, and there's often sort of like little parcels and things that, that come for me. And, and I was at that difficult, that difficult moment in the morning where you haven't quite got any clothes on and you might have just finished doing stuff in the bathroom or you might be in the middle of doing stuff in the bathroom and the doorbell rings. And, and so, you know, the, 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 you get a bit of a panic on, don't you? And, and I was a little bit discombobulated 
And I, I sort of thought, oh, shit. And I ran into my room and just sort of pulled on this just pair of trousers that I just saw and went to the, the front door. My hair was all out here. And, uh, and he said, oh, can you sign for this, please? And I, I started signing. And then I, I realised that my postman had sort of gone a little bit ashen. <laughs> and he was just sort of staring down at, at my feet. And a pair of pants were hanging out on the bottom. <laughs> Of my trousers. Oh. <laughs> Skid marks? There's a few. <laughs> That's very nice. Well, of course, last week's show, uh, we did promise that we would have full sexual full intercourse. Sex. We, uh, if the place, so it's a quite. A, oh dear. I hope you brought this quite a lot of people <laughs> in. I will have to get the figures through. Have you uh, brought any vaginal lubrication with you? Because we will. Well, it's, it's funny you say that because. Um, I, I thought that this moment would come, and obviously because we have the arrangement whereby yeah. we can't really ever have sex with each other unless Rahipnol is involved. Yeah. And so I, I, t- I took the precaution of going to a lube factory yeah. where I basically just lay on my back and they just shot cannons of lube <laughs> up my vagina yeah. for every day, like, you know, 10 hours a day yeah. for every day since last Monday and then you know I thought that would be enough but I took one look at you this evening (laughs) and it was like my vagina just desiccated (laughs) on the spot to the point that I'm actually farting dust out of my fanny it's alright you can go up the arse so it's fine so (laughs) bit of so I'm you know I'm glad that we haven't quite (laughs) sold out this is why you're not godparents (laughs) (laughs) I've always wanted to do an advert for I Can't Believe It's Not Butter that does Last Tango in Paris with Marlon Brando kind of going, Yeah, nice. I can't believe it's, it's not um, Anyway, last week, uh, last week after being bowled over by Peter Kay's generosity and self-serving greed in offering to give children in need one pound for every piece of merchandise he sold, I made my own offer to donate three new pence for every one of my DVDs sold this week from www.gofasterstripe.com. Dot com. 25,000 people download this show every week, unbelievably. Uh, if they all bought just one DVD, that would have made an incredible £750 for children in need and just £124,250 for me. <laughs> TV's Emma Kennedy has the final figure. I'm in a lot of suspense. What have you, what yeah, have you well, got for us? Uh, this week, Rich, Peter Kay's Children in Need song sold 140,000 copies, Ooh. raising hundreds of thousands of pounds for charity. I'd imagine I just sold about half that amount. I'll, I'll be rich. Mm. I mean, uh, Children in Need will get quite a lot of money, which will be mm. good. Well, you, Richard Herring, yeah. this week sold, wait for it, 38 DVDs, <laughs> making a grand total of £1.14 that will be winging its way to children in need and a not inconsiderable profit of £188.86 to you. Well, that's not too bad, actually. That's about, I'd say that's about 16 more DVDs than I usually <laughs> sell in a week, so that's pretty good news. That's, I mean, the money raised will go to charity, so that's, that's good. And I've printed up a giant novelty cheque for £1.14 <laughs> For children in need, which I'll be posting to them. It costs £40 to make. It costs... <laughs> it's going to cost another tenner to send it. Those costs, of course, will come out of the total raised. So, by my reckoning, children in need owe me, let's call it, 40 quid. I'll be taking that money in instalments from any needy children that I happen to see, either in cash or sweets, or if they're quite annoying children, I'll just pull them to the floor and dash them on the ground, sending their brains spiralling across the floor. As it occurs to me, feet break. 
tur- I have a turkey. I have a turkey every day on my own. I, I, I wish it could be Christmas every day because my only paid job this year has been working as a Father Christmas in a department store grotto. Uh, I, technically, I wish it was the week before Christmas every week because, uh, of course, I don't work on Christmas Day, so that falls apart. Anyway, now time for another celebrity endorsement. Hello, it's me, Tiger Woods. Uh, I get paid millions of dollars for hitting a small ball round with a stick. It's a pretty sweet deal, isn't it? I don't know why any of you do any proper work. You get away with that. Just do that. It's brilliant. Anywho, there's been a lot of speculation about how I managed to crash my car into a tree and a fire hydrant outside my own house. Well, it wasn't, rowing, it wasn't rowing with my wife over reports of the affair or because she was complaining that I spend all day at the golf course. It was because I was listening to episode seven of AI Ottoma and laughing so hard at Dan Tetzel's brilliant impression of the comparethemeerkat.com meerkats. <laughs> and I lost control of the car because I found it hilarious. Even though we don't have that advert in America and there's no way I can understand what's going on. So, when he said simples, I laughed so hard that I forgot how to operate a car. And that's what really happened. Anyway, let's see what else has occurred to me this week. Tuesday. Well, pretty much nothing has occurred to me this week, I have to say. Uh, At last, after a hectic few weeks, I got a day off on Tuesday. In fact, aside from doing a Collins and Herring podcast and a couple of live gigs, I haven't done anything at all this week. At last, I'd get a chance to properly prepare for AI Ottoma. Uh, too slow. And not have, to, not have to end up writing it on Monday morning as usual. But on Tuesday, I relaxed. I watched Battlestar Galactica, played Countdown on my DS. Uh, I did that on Wednesday too. Uh, and on Friday and Saturday and most of Sunday, leaving all of the writing of AI Ottoma until Monday again, as usual. But now, with the added disadvantage that nothing had really happened to me (laughs) at all. I had nothing to write about apart from Battlestar Galactica and Countdown, which I've really covered already. I hadn't even looked at the newspapers, really. I've realised that the main good thing about doing that Russell Howard job was that someone just told me what the main things that happened this week were (laughs) that I could just then write about. So, um, yeah, it's it's pretty much the end of the show. It's been fun. I can't really, it's been ridiculous how much Battlestar Galactica I've watched this week. I think I've been watching about 10 episodes a day, which is unhealthy, because it can adversely affect your mental health. Uh, if you get too involved in a box set like this, I think, you know, we've been watching it for more than five hours a day. I've started to think that people I know in real life might be Cylons. Uh, <laughs> I'm wondering if I should just be on the safe side, stab them in the neck with a homemade shiv to ensure they don't wipe out the human race. Uh, you know, as a comedian, I'm constantly flirting with mental illness, dancing around the precipice of insanity, pretending I'm crazy for your entertainment. Yet I'm ever fearful that one day I might actually trip over, fall into the abyss of the deranged. A few months ago, I saw a homeless man walking along a tube platform and just following a perfectly innocent, respectable middle-aged woman who hadn't done anything. He was shouting, You stupid fucking bitch! You fucking whore, you fucking bitch! And I thought, that's just essentially what I do for my job. That's <laughs> how I make him. I get drunk, as, as drunk as him is, uh, he is probably worse, and then just shout at me. The only difference between me and him is that then I go home. I've got a home to go to, <laughs> otherwise we're identical. What if it all genuinely falls apart for me? It's something I'm really always worried about, uh, and it's something I discussed this week with my friends Richard and Carol uh, as I played Countdown <laughs> on the toilet. And it's me, Richard Whiteley. Yes, my voice has 
changed a bit, but uh, then I've been dead for four years. Uh, welcome back to Countdown, where current champion Richard Herring is trout in front. <laughs> trout, because it's a kind of fish like my name. <laughs> He's certainly not floundering. Oh, good, because a flounder's also a fish. Yes, good. Funny. Though our audience seem to think he's a bit of a cunt. <laughs> is, that a, is that a fish? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the, 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 the cunt fish. Uh, he leads 54 points to four. Very impressive, isn't it, Carol? Yes, Richard, it is. Even though that is mainly because he has the game set to amateur level where you can pretty much only lose if you only come up with one-letter words. That is a bit tragic. No, I'm just trying to get all the rewards on each level. You get a little imaginary rosette if you get through every round undefeated. Uh, so I'm trying to get that. I haven't I've played on the amateur level about 50 times and still mm. haven't managed to do that, which is embarrassing, but... No, you're right, that makes it less sad. It's very hard doing it, because you've got to do the numbers as well, sometimes they're difficult. Anyway, Carol, Carol and Richard, you're my friends, right? Yes, yes. you're your only your friends. Only friends yeah. Yeah. I was just worrying that I might be losing it a bit, that there's a danger that by spending so much time alone watching DVDs and pretending I'm in Countdown, whilst coping with the pressure of having to write a whole new show every week, like some kind of latter-day Spike Milligan, it might genuinely drive me insane. Well, it might take the pressure off a bit if you just basically repeat the same sketches each week. I mean, it's just no, this, a thought. This is different than the... No, it's, it's, it's not. Really but it's a kind of a callback call to last week, so it kind it's of... It's pretty much the same. It's a different, it's a different sketch, I think. It's a anyway, call, you know... It's a callback. Well, it's... All right. it's no. Okay. Anyway, Rich, do, do you think the best people to discuss your mental problems with are two imaginary characters that you've created and talked to when you're playing a video game whilst doing a shit. That's the thing, Carol. Oh, sorry. Uh, you, um... <laughs> you two are the best people to talk to, because everyone else will probably assume that when I tell them that about my funny imaginary conversations, that it's just a silly joke that I'm mm. pretending to be insane for comedic purposes. Only you and Richard Whiteley know that this conversation actually really happened. I truly have been driven mad, and so only you can help no, me. It's, it's all right, Rich. Calm down. Luckily for you, I'm marketing some magic beans that cure all <laughs> mental illness. You have to take five a day, and they're only £4,000 per bean. Well, that seems an awful lot of money, Carol, but I trust you because you're a maths whiz and you're yes. on countdown. Yes. You've built up that trust over many years, so I'll happily give you that money. Oh, and uh, the beans are invisible. Invisible? I'm not paying £4,000 for an invisible bean. I'm well, an idiot. Well, not invisible exactly, but only very clever people can see them. Oh, right. Yeah, I oh, know that, be- oh, that bean. Yeah, I that see that. What, oh, what a delicious-looking green, green ye- yellowy, red... It's orange. Orange yeah. bean, that is. Mm, I'll just eat it now. Mm, 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 mm. I see it all. Yeah, no, I'm, not, I'm better. I'm not mad at all. And I see it all now. Whiteley is a Cylon. I must kill him. Take that, Whiteley. Ah, uh, uh. Knife to meet you, Rich. <laughs> knife, I get because I'm stabbing you with a I knife. I seem to have a stabbing pain in my chest. <laughs> yeah, oh. you literally do. It's a stabbing pain. It is. You yeah. kill me, Richard oh. Herring. You, no, you stop, really shut do. up, Whiteley. Stop making puns when I'm trying to kill you. It's putting me off. <laughs> Don't you know if you kill someone once they're dead, then they're gone forever. It's a lesson I taught Michael Jackson. And now you're going to... That's a callback to show three. Yeah. I'm going to... Uh, I'm gonna, now I you're going to learn it too. But Richard Whiteley's dead. Double dead. And two times nothing equals nothing. He wasn't a Cylon, Rich, but I am! No! Hi, and it's, uh, it's me, Des Lynham, uh, stepping into the dead man's shoes. Now it's time for the numbers round. 
Can I have two from the top and any other four, please, Carol? Yeah, that's right. That was the end of that sketch. <laughs> As it occurs to me, Richard Herring has a comedy technique. He says something unfunny, gives a little laugh and then pauses, thereby heavily implying other people should laugh too. Because people feel sorry for him when they realize he's slightly begging. They laugh out of pure pity. He's built an entire career around it. Just not a very good career. And he looks like Charlie Borman from Long Way Round. And uh. Thank you. That, uh, that sting comes courtesy of disgruntled listener, or possibly gruntled listener, who's just trying to get on the podcast. It's hard to tell now. We've opened this up. Uh, Pope Innocent XI uh, sent that one into iTunes. Uh, I hope Pope Innocent XI isn't right about that, though. It would be awful to think I've built a career, though not a very good one, around the audience feeling pity for me. Just that would be, I mean, quite a mate, just by begging for laughter. Is that what... Am I a laughter beggar? Is that, is that what I am? Was that was that laugh a, a genuine laugh, or did you just see the sadness in my eyes, the emptiness in my soul? Now, admittedly, partially filled with the dead soul of Scott Bakula, which is probably worse than having an empty soul to have a dead Scott Bakula in your soul space. Uh, anyway, I was sad that those remarks came from Pope Innocent XI, who I've always admired for his parsimony, his zeal as a reformer of manners, and a corrector of administrative abuses. Had it been one of the Pope bony faces, I wouldn't have been so hurt. That's right, it's a reincorporation from the first series of Tututtin from, thank you, from 2004 that very few people understood. Uh, you've, there's a lot, you've got to study quite hard to get everything in this show so well. See if you can keep up with everything else that's coming. It's going to be tricky for you. Thursday. On Thursday, I recorded my 90-second podcast with the ever-popular fucking idiot, Andrew Collins. If you don't already listen to the Collins and Herring podcast, then you really should, because uh, this week especially, it was quite a good one. We chanced across a notebook with the first stories I ever wrote in it, including the man that could fly, uh, the man who was never born, and the classic, the now classic, the four men fight, the men of fies. Yeah, I see a lot of fans of that one here tonight. But... Uh, the stories read out in the podcast were all early and immature works from the six, seven, maybe eight-year-old Richard Herring. Today I want to premiere a more sophisticated work written by the nine-year-old me. It's perhaps a little derivative of Enid Blytoned. Enid Blytoned? Uh, you know her. Uh, it's called The Thrilling Three. Uh, perhaps I meant to call it The Thrilling Three. We'll never know. <laughs> But it's the Fryling Three is what we've got. The Fryling Three were inspired by me and my friends Angus Ashman and Tim. I like the fact that I give Angus Ashman's full name throughout the story, but only Tim's first name, because I don't know what his surname was. Uh, after I'd written the first chapter, he annoyingly moved to Bristol, which could have destroyed the Thriling Three before they'd even started. Instead, creative genius that I was, I incorporate that into the story, you'll see. Uh, it's an incredible tale of murder and mayhem. It's lain unproduced in a drawer like a Nabokov novel for over three decades. 
but we're going to perform it now exactly as written. Uh, Emma, I'm afraid there are no girls in the story because, of course, girls smell and have fleas. Um, that's, uh, that's right, they do. And what else? Nothing. Read the script. Read it! We are all whores. Yes, you are. So, <laughs> so anyway, you can be the narrator. Dan, you're the main actor in the show, I, I like to think. I'd, I'd love to you were in uh, Miranda this week. I, I, Thank you very much. I hope you, hope you can do as well as you did on that. I'd love to see your portrayal of... <laughs> I'd love to see your portrayal of second-in-command Angus Ashman. And Christian, you can't really do anything but play a guitar, so you can play peripheral character Tim, who moves to Bristol at the end of the first chapter. It's sounding quite long, isn't it, already, the first chapter? Let's see how it goes. Off we, off we hop, off we pop. The Thrilling Three by Richard Herring. Chapter One, The Club. There was once a boy called Richard Herring who had a friend called Angus Ashman. He also had a friend called Tim. One day, Richard said to Angus and Tim, Let's form a club. And Angus said, Yes, let's. So they did, and Dyke did to call it the Thriling Three. <laughs> Tim asked, Have we got a mighting place? Richard said, I have a shed we could clean up, but its door has been knocked out. I will show it to you. Richard took them to his hut. I think we should work very hard on it and could get quite a good hut. So they worked very hard until it was finessed. <laughs> Soon they held their first meeting. First, said Richard, who will be the leader? Who thinks Angus? Richard put his hand up. Who thinks Tim? No one put up their hand. <laughs> Me? Said Richard. Angus and Tim put their hand up. Well, I am the leader. Who will look after the money we might collect? Angus, said Tim. I think so too, said Richard. Now, what could Tim be? I don't want to be anyone, he said. Chapter two. <laughs> Bad news. Yeah, chapter one is quite short, I'll give you that. In it, in it I perhaps arrogantly envision myself becoming leader of this fictional group of kids. Uh, Tim, of so little significance that he doesn't want to be anyone, not even himself. Yeah, and... Uh... <laughs> And so far, Angus has only said, yes, let's, while you and Tim have, you know, had quite a lot of lines. Yeah, you don't want to worry about that. Things really move on in chapter two. Oh, right. oh, okay. I think the author of this has seen Angus as a kind of mysterious oh. figure. The oh. reader's thinking, well, what's going on with Angus? Quite oh, quiet. Wonder if there's some hidden depths to this. We'll see what's going to happen next. I'm going to find a bit, a bit more about him. Emma, carry on reading now, chapter two. They went on with their meeting and decided their password would be licorice. They called the meeting off and went home. <laughs> the next day was Monday, and Tim said to Angus and Richard, I have got to go to Bristol. And so he would not be able to come to the meetings. Soon, Richard had an idea. Let's write letters to you, then keep in touch. That's a good idea, said Tim. All right, we will do, we will do that. Chapter three. <laughs> A case already. Yeah, chapter two, also quite a short chapter. Yeah, but just... so much happened in those... There was the pass with the licorice yeah. thing, the uh, Tim moving to Bristol. Yeah, I mean, a lot happens like... for Tim and Richard. Yeah. Not too much for Angus there. Didn't really figure too much, given he's the treasurer. You know, you think he'd have more to say, don't really, be, wouldn't he? I feel be, my character would... Don't be needy about oh, it, Dan. Right. Tim's gone now. It's just you, Angus Ashman, right. and me, the leader, Richard Herring. Actually. So it should be fun. Tim left to Bristol, and Richard wrote letters telling about... Once they sent a badge of the club. 
Tim always wrote back. Tim, Richard, Tim. Is there any sign of anger? Nothing happened until 31st December 1976 at night. Ten minutes before midnight, a murder was committed. The murder had taken place just outside Richard's house, so Richard's mum and dad were suspected. And so it's a good story. <laughs> and so were all the people in Richard's Road. Yeah, not anyone, not anyone outside the road. Yeah. Though they would, would why, have to why be would they the be? Road. Why would they be? But Richard found Angus and told him about it. Come on, let's see if we can find any clues. Angus doesn't actually say anything, no, I notice. He's, he's busy looking for clues. Right. Right? If, if only the actor playing him was as focused and diligent as Angus Ashman was being. It's the second main part in the story. Stop complaining about it. It's a good story. And looked and saw a faint chalk mark saying B.H. When they saw it, they couldn't make it out unless Richard's mum was guilty. So I should explain, because my mum's name's Barbara Herring, so that would fit, B.H. would fit with the clues. But if you look in the book, it's quite confusing. It's written like B, and the dot's a bit bigger than you'd think for a full stop. And then the H looks like it might have something else written underneath it. We don't... It's hard. That might be significant. Or it might, you might find out in a second. B.H was hard to make out. But the next day, he saw a N after it. And it looked a bit like a B underneath. Underneath the H. There was a B underneath there that I hadn't spotted the day before. B.BN was hard as well. So, sorry, wait a minute. Hang on. <laughs> So this brilliant Richard Herring character you've yeah, created yeah. from somewhere saw this handy clue conveniently chalked on the ground which the police had somehow missed. Yeah, PC and then he keep, wasn't all that good. No, then he keeps it to himself, which is illegal. And it wasn't until he went back the next day that he noticed there was an N there as well. well the N was probably fainter. He was excited about seeing the main bit of the clue. And okay. he didn't Carry on reading anyway, Emma. Then he suddenly thought, Bob. He looked closer. Bob Nass. That's right, so the whole name was written there all the time. <laughs> and he only just... He had to look close and he had to look close. I'm going to go on a br- limb here. Like Richard Herring of the Thrilling Three is a shit detective. <laughs> Shut up, Dan. He's better than Angus Ashton, isn't he? What's Angus Ashton? Well, I know. I mean, Angus is a sh- useless character. It's a bit, there's a bit with Angus in it coming up. Really? Oh, good. Yeah, it's good. <clears throat> right. He had a clue, but one problem. Two B Nass in Cheddar. They asked them their names. Bob L. Nass. Bob T. Nass. Maybe they should go back and look at the chalk to see if that was written. Maybe that was written in between. (laughs) Which one could it be? Then the police found the clue. By the time they worked it out, Richard and Angus had found a new clue. Chapter four. The new clue. So was that the bit with Angus in it? Yeah, yeah find the clue. It's good. Tim had heard all the news and came to stay for oh, a holiday. Tim's back, is he? Oh, right. I can't believe you're being so childish and churlish about it. Angus is a brilliant part. There's kids in Africa who would love to play Angus. I'd love, if I'd, I tell you, I'd love, Angus is a better character than I'm playing. Boring old leader getting all the clues. Richard Herring, he's boring. I'd rather Do you want to swap? No, I can't, it's too late now. Tim had found done. on the ground a gun. It was a pistol. All right, okay. <laughs> right, so Tim's back. 
straight away he finds the murder weapon on the ground where it had laid untouched by the police and Richard Herring and useless mute Angus fucking Ashman or maybe Angus is too involved with counting up all the money that the thrilling three had failed to earn what shush Dan you sp- this is a suspenseful bit you're spoiling this people are carried away by this they're it's like paradox they are they look they're wrapped by it they can't wait one of the men they had suspected was creepy and they thought <laughs> and they thought he had a gun it's not going where you think it's going this was the one called Bob Tinas but they had a speckle kit to tell the fingerprints so they took the fingerprints and found it wasn't Bob Nass it was Billy Nass <laughs> And he was questioned. What? No, what? Where, did, where did Billy Nass suddenly come from? The clue said Bob Nass. So that whole first clue was shit. Shut up, Dan. It's not meant to make sense. It's like um, the usual suspects or uh, Twin Peaks or something. It's, it's so like it's a glorious to... bastard. That's what it is. <laughs> Bullshit. Just about Billy Nass is about to speak. Can I play him? No. no. Not after all the fuss you've made. Emma's oh. playing. She hasn't even done a part in the whole thing. Oh, I know why he said me. Why? Richard said. I did it! <laughs> and he ran because he thought the police were behind Richard and Angus. Angus said. Yeah, Angus said? What? Angus? Yeah. Angus got another line? Yeah, Mr. Complain, he does, so get acting. <clears throat> Let's go after him. <laughs> there you go. Look at that first. First. First line of dialogue to get actual applause there. It's yeah, a very you. important line. Without that, we'd have just stood watching Billy Nash run away. Yeah. Chapter 5. The chase begun. The man stopped and looked back. I can't see anyone. Then he saw something move and ran on. Now it came to parts where you could get out. He got out and shut the trap door. Now... Now, now, now what? What happens next? Nothing. The story ends there. It was so good. <laughs> I must have, um, I must have got bored, or you just didn't know what to do with the trap, the trap doors that suddenly appeared. I do, I'm, I'm in the book. I just move on to my next story, the detectives. No, no, no. But no, no, no. What happens to Billy Nass? Did the Thrilling Three catch him? Or does he kill them? What will become of Angus Ashman? Does he have anything else to say for himself? I can't bear the fact I'll never know. Why? Why? It's a compelling tale from the young Herring. Please finish the story. I can't do that, Dan. The past is a foreign country and the young Richard Herring is a different person to me. No, you're not. You're just older. No, for me to complete his meisterwork would be like someone who wasn't... (laughs) who wasn't Douglas Adams writing a new Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy book just so they could make huge amounts of money, the cunts. Uh, the young Richard Herring decided the adventure should end on that cliffhanger and I have to respect his artistic vision. As it occurs to me Reduced to dramatising misspelled Juttings of a nine-year-old child Oh, that's pitiful. Used up eight pages of script, I'm not complaining. So uh, now, we're, um, now we're turning to the audience. Uh, our lovely audience, there's a lot of people in tonight, which is great. Please do come if you're at home and haven't seen yet. Two more shows to go. Uh, has anything occurred to anyone in our audience? Just hands up if you've got a great story to tell from your... There's a gentleman here. Oh, what's happened to you this week, sir? Uh, I uploaded a video to YouTube. Yeah, you uploaded a video to YouTube. A documentary I made called Legend of Mattress. 
It's a documentary called Les- you, you, Legend of Matt. You're just using this as an uh, attempt to publicise your stupid student film you've done. Legend of Mattress. Is that it? That's it. There'll be people from fucking Heinz in the audience that's going, oh, I had some Heinz baked beans. They were to- yeah, everyone at home should try them. You owe me 500 pounds for that. Uh, that advert, anyone else got? Yeah, what's... Uh... I had some Heinz baked beans. You had some Heinz baked beans. You're good. Uh, I like you, I like this side of the audience. So there was a guy over there. Well, yeah, you in, the, in the, the, ju- the jump you got for last Christmas. What happened to you, sorry? I was gonna copy his joke, but he'd done it before, so. <laughs> I was gonna copy his joke, but he'd done it before. Just the nine-year-old Richard Herring. If you're going to copy it, then he would have had to have done it before, wouldn't he? Touché. And there's a, a very attractive young woman in the audience, which is an unusual thing in itself. Let her speak. Let her speak. Uh, there was a mouse behind my fridge. There was a mouse behind your fridge? I heard it scratching and squeaking, so I pulled the fridge out. Yeah. And it ran out, and I screamed. Oh. And I stood on the chair. So what you're doing is conforming to female stereotypes. <laughs> she pulled the fridge out, the mouse came out, she squeaked, screamed and jumped on a chair. You are a very pretty woman, so that's what you have to do in that case. But most of the women in the audience would have uh, stood just stamped on the mouse. <laughs> it's the 21st century now, that's what you did, was stamped on you. Take that, tiny Tim. Uh, good. Well, it's been an exciting um, time in the audience where genuinely slightly scary moments. So, um, uh, what, anything else happened to you, Dan? Have you got another? I didn't ask well, you. Well, you know, I know you were very rude about my career. Uh, but uh, last, I remember last week I mentioned I went for an embarrassing audition as a journalist number one in a d- d- drama about the Suffolk Strangler. Yeah. Uh, I only got it. You got the part. Yes. That's what they wanted. Journalist it. one. Yes. They wanted it. Yeah, yeah. They wanted... I was the least shit. Who's done the murders? But you do know who's done. The... I think it was that reading that must have. He's got something different. Uh, he's unlike anything we've ever seen. He's in... yeah. Now Is they've he... heard your Angus Ashman. Who yeah, knows what, know. who, who, where know. we'll be going next? Going up there with naval officer on Miranda and angry fairground man. And after you've gone, it's a, it's a roller coaster. What about you, Emma? Any extras? Well, uh, yeah, the, I uh, I was uh, having lunch with with uh, with someone off the telly. Obviously, I, uh, as you know by now, I don't name names. And she was talking about oh, I've given the sex away. Well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> and uh, she was talking about that thing about you know when you have young fans coming up to you in awkward places. Yeah. And she had, she was in the toilet, and and some young people came up and said, oh, we love you, love your show. And she said, thank you very much. And then she went into the toilet, but she had to do a poo. Um, but it wouldn't flush. So she <laughs> stayed for ages in the toilet, just thinking, I can't let my fans see my own shit. I just can't. And so she did that thing of having to pile lots of paper on it. But then she followed up with, the, with a brilliant story, which is of someone she was at school with. When they were a teenager, they really fancied this boy. And they were at this party, and sort of the same thing happened. And she did this poo in the toilet. And she knew that this boy she really fancied was immediately outside the toilet, and it wouldn't flush away. So she actually scooped the poo out of the toilet and threw it out the window. <laughs> but didn't realize that there, were pe- there was a patio, and there were people sitting there 
just having a really nice lunch. And all she heard these screams. She's like, who the fuck is Sharon? He's throwing shit at us! Are you sure this was an actress friend, Emma Kennedy? Yes. So got off, like more, more stories about actresses and shit than any... <laughs> When you're an old woman, it's good. I can't help it. It just, just like follows me. <laughs> I'm like pig pen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, anyway, let's move on. Here's another celebrity endorsement. Hello, it's me, Osama bin Laden from off of 9 11. Okay, yeah, I just thought it up. I wasn't in one of the planes. I'm not a fucking idiot. Uh, enjoy the 74 virgins, suckers. <laughs> Anyhow. Everyone is always wanting to know, where am I? Where's he hiding? Where is naughty little Osama? Well, on Monday nights, I am here, safely ensconced at the plutonium mine in the Leicester Square Theatre, where all the normal human beings are scared away by a fat idiot and a strange hobbity woman, constantly threatening to expose their genitals or have sexual congress. But while I've been here, I've listened in, and, you know, some of this stuff is, is yeah, uh, it's okay. You know, it's not as good as, yeah, some of the other stuff that he's done, but I like it, it's good. You know, I love it when uh, the uh, meerkat says simples. <laughs> That's very good. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of onto that bit is, you're not, you're not meant to like it, it's taking the piss out of people who like oh. people saying simples, it's not meant to be funny. Oh. Um, everyone seems to just like it. us going simple. We can just use other people's catchphrases. Yeah. Try and garlic bread, try and get laughs off them. Garlic bread? <laughs> His father was surprised. <laughs> Thursday. Uh, after the podcast on Thursday, Andrew Collings and me had to record ourselves saying lots of rude words for a brand new Collings and Herring profanity application uh, for the iPhone, which uh, is coming out, which a swear word generator will create a three word insult like atrocious fe- fecal thundercat. Thundercat? <laughs> yeah, now it's getting pretty rude. I'm going to leave it. An atrocious fecal thundercat. It's sly no covered in shit. He was outside on the patio, so... Uh, which will be read out in the voices of me and I Love 1983's Andrew Collings. Should be available to download for all iPhone-loving idiots before Christmas. I sat in my attic alone, and I had to, what I had to do was wigs. I had to read out hundreds of disjointed expletives, like clumsy, jizz-faced shit magician, or, or tubby, grubby fucknut, uh, and thought, I thought, has it really come to this? Is this... Is this what I do now? Is this any job for a 42-year-old man? I should be a headmaster by now, not swearing on my own in an attic into a computer. But when it came to Andrew Collins' turn uh, to read out the words, he got cold feet. Oh, dear. No. I'm, no, I'm not sure about this. There are some very rude words on it. It's a bit profane. Well, that's because it's a profanity application. That's the whole point of it, to create profane fr- phrases randomly. Yeah, like but... Thundercat. <laughs> I didn't like them. You could see that. <laughs> Chitara's funny. <laughs> <laughs> not everything can be gold. Anyway, <laughs> look at these words, though, Richard. I don't think I'm comfortable with saying the word shaft liquor. You know, <laughs> shaft liquor is not something I'd ever say. Well, you just said it just now. Yeah, but I wouldn't want people to hear me, Andrew Collins, saying, you know, bucket fanny or dog fucker. I, you know, I, I don't mind saying the things that aren't profane, but I think it would disappoint all the fans of my Radio Times film page if they heard me saying labia. But people will be paying to download an application in which they will want to hear you saying labia oh. and dick splash. Oh, no, no, no. 
I'll never, I will never say dick splash. No one will ever hear those words coming out of my mouth in my distinctive voice. It's pathetic, you won't even say, that's not even rude, dick splash. No, no, it is, it is too rude. I know, it's the ones that you haven't crossed out on your list. You're happy mm. to say thrush captain. Yes, yes, I am. I, there, there is nothing wrong with thrush captain. Your distinction between things that are offensive and things that aren't is arbitrary at best. And this, along with your mortgage-based lottery win distribution system, <laughs> proves it is you, not I, Collings, who is mentally ill. You're a repellent, energy-draining brotherfucker. Oh. You're a weird, paunchy anus. Once this application is ready, I'm just going to set my phone to ring you up repeatedly and tell you, in my voice, what a vile, grubby clip face you are. I am all of those things. Why, why don't you write a sketch about how stupid I am for AI Ottoman? AI Ottoman. Ah, oh, thank you. Don't join him when he does it. And then, and then I could be in it and I could play it myself. You will never be on my show. Ah, <laughs> I just want to be on the podcast. Let's be on the podcast. You will never... It's not going to happen. You'll never be on the podcast. Nah, I, well, I brought tickets for the last one, so, yeah, I'll be there if you need me. I won't need you. You're not... I don't want you on the podcast. Oh, look, I've dropped a marble into a colander. I wonder what noise that would make if it... <laughs> if it was spinning round. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to... You can't have the sound effect. Ah. That's, that's only I have that sound effect. That's my sound effect. It doesn't work for you. Please. Please let me be on the podcast. You hear that, Pope Innocent XI? That's the sound of an audience responding via pity. I know you're a Cylon, Collings. I know it. And you're probably a man of fives as well. Which is why... Which is why I'm going to have to kill you. Oh, oh you stabbed me. You'll never get away with this. No one's going to miss you, Collings. And I have an actor who can do your exact voice, so <laughs> I can carry on doing the podcast. No one will suspect a thing. Oh, don't worry, Rich. You were right. I am a Cylon, and so I cannot die. I will just download into a new body. I'll be back next week. <laughs> so he was a Cylon all along. Maybe that explains the whole Mark Steele thing. <laughs> As a recurs to me, winner of the most self-indulgent comedy show of 2009, an accolade it awarded itself. It is self-indulgent, and uh, but he did genuinely refuse to say all those things. That's all. Those are the things he genuinely said and wouldn't say. What a fucking twat! And a time for one last. I just needed to get it off my chest. That's all. Because he, he has editing power over the other podcast. Anyway, time... <laughs> time for one last celebrity endorsement. Hello, it's me, Subo, Susan Boyle. I am not mental! Do you want to see my cunt? Woohoo! There it is! Look at the minge! Never been plucked or pruned in my life. If I stand on my head, I look like Brian May eating a selection of cured meats. I have shown you that you don't have to be young or beautiful or sane to get to the top of the hit parade. One ugly old mad person is also lewd, but only one. I've got the whole ugly old mad person thing covered now. So back off, Herring, and don't even think of releasing a record or I'll set me hairy tacker on you. But good luck with company, I. Toons charts with AI at the bar. 
You'll need it. No, leave me alone while I talk to my friends, Carol Fadiman and Richard Whiteley. <laughs> Is it just me, or have we turned into a kind of obscene goon show? And, and, uh, so uh, that was Harry Seacombe, wasn't it? So anyway, that's that's just about that's just about the end of another show. I can I can only apologise uh, if you paid to come and see this. If you if you want to come and see this live, then there are only two more chances to get down to the Leicester Square Theatre this year. Next week the show starts at nine thirty instead of eight, as we're following some fella called Stuart Lee or something. Uh, why not come to both shows and try and judge? Which of us is the funniest? It's going to be like a Leon Herring smackdown, him with his structured show and talent, or me with a load of actually mental stuff that I've made up on the day. It'll still be me. So, uh, <laughs> before we end the show, uh, I just want to make an exciting announcement. I'm so, I was so enjoyed reading about the exploits of the Thryling Three that I decided I'm going to reform the, the Thryling Three. We're going to come back and solve adventures, not with Tim and old useless Angus Ashman. I'm signing up two new members for the Thryling Three. You mean? Yes, Dan. TV's Emma Kennedy and Christian Riley. That's <laughs> no, the Thryling what, Three. What, what about me? And Emma's in it. You... I thought girls had fleas. Oh, grow up, Dan. The flea, being a member of the Siphoneptera species of insects, exists principally on rodents in the mammalian class, and most larger animals that suckle their young are largely free of flea infestation. That's a callback to series one of Fist of Fun, if you're... <laughs> or if you're really, if you're a proper fan, back to the mid-1980s at the Oxford uh, Jazz Cellar. Yeah. Oxford University, that's there. Yeah, none of you got that, did you? Call yourself fans... <laughs> Anyway, Dan, I said I'd give him a blowy if I could be in it, so... Uh, and I promised him one as well. Yeah, so that's why they're... Yeah, I do want to be in it, but possibly not that much. Well, the Thryling Three can, by its very nature, only have three members. I have a shed we can clean up. I think it could be quite a good shed. Oh, yeah. please, please, let me be in the Thryling Three. I just, I just want to be in the Thryling Three. If I am in the Thryling Three. You can't just say, I am in the Thryling Three. You yeah. aren't. If you were in the Thryling Three, you would know the password. Is it licorice? Ooh. <laughs> the password has been compromised, Thryling 3. We need to move to the second secret password. Is it Cumpkins? Damn! <laughs> no, it isn't! It was, Cumpkins. it was, it was Cumpkins. Shut up, it's not! He must be in the Thryling 3. He knew it was Cumpkins. Stop saying Cumpkins, we stopped doing the whole Cumpkins thing. That's, we don't but do not that the anymore. countdown thing, or the Andrew Collins thing, or the roulette wheel don't thing. Don't get Sarky with me. Oh. We don't have Sarky people in the Thryling 3. So good, those are good things. It's good to keep them going. Anyway, Frylene 3, there have been a lot of suspicious deaths in this week's show, I notice. Let's try and find the murderer. OK. It's you. Shut up. Look, what's that? What's that written in chalk on the floor? It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a clue. It is. There's something written. It says, Dan Tetzel did it. Oh. And he's a Cylon. Kill him. Kill him. Oh, oh, should we burn him in a wicker man again? Yeah, all right. Again? Yeah. Yeah. Like, that a bit like what we did last No, I don't know. It's a callback. We did it. It's a call. You haven't run out of ideas. I've not run out of ideas. It's a callback. It's a callback. I've got loads well, in that case, of I've got plenty of ideas. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Thanks for coming. Oh, no! As it occurs to me, Dan Tetzel was playing